0: Welcome to Locked On Nuggets. I'm your host, Matt Moore. Part of the Locked On Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On NBA Net. Lots of great stuff on there. Awesome shows every single day of the week. We are glad to be back. Joining you on this Thursday night? Thursday night. What is time anymore? After the Portland Trailblazers beat the Denver Nuggets, or what's left of them, to 125-115. to 115. In this episode, we'll go over that game in brief, broad strokes. I'm not going to dwell too much on it. I'll tell you why in the first segment. We're going to talk about the MPJ situation and how to solve the problem of, you know, he's awesome and needs to start like immediately. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. And in the third segment, we will look ahead to the remainder of the Nuggets seeding games, where they stand in the seedings, how all that's looking. We'll get to that in the third segment. Let's start with the loss to the Blazers. So, no Gary Harris, no Will Barton, no Vlaco Chanchar, very sad. No Paul Millsap, he's resting as well. No Jamal Murray. Uh, so the Nuggets played Kade Bates Diop twenty-three minutes. And 44 seconds, and he was a minus 11, busting my idea that maybe he could be of some assistance when, you know, he went one of three. Bowl Bowl got to play 24 minutes. That's good. He was only a minus six. It's pretty decent. Uh, hit some shots, made one of two from three. Uh, got put back, got dunked on hard by Nurkic because Nurkic is a bully, and beating up on kids that are like half his weight is what he does, and flexing, and everyone's getting all excited. And yeah, that's Nurkic. That sounds about right. Um, Nikola Jokic only played 23 minutes, didn't come back in at the end, neither did Monte Morris. Michael Porter Jr. played the most minutes in the game, 34-29, became the first player in NBA history, not a rookie, in NBA history to have three straight games of, I think, 25 or more points, 12 or more boards, and make four threes. No one's done that because he's a freak of nature and is awesome. And again, we'll get to him in the second segment. I uh, thought Porter was really on fire. Obviously a start came out, really asserted himself, helped the Nuggets assert that they were not going to just go ahead and throw away this game. Um, pushed the tempo was, you know, hit him with an array of shots. Again, all three levels a kid can score at only got to the free throw line three times. That's going to be probably like the next big step in his evolution is learning how to draw contact, controlled the boards with 12, 12 boards had two assists, no turnovers for MPJ. Pretty good. Um, the big takeaway here in this game honestly is I can't I they gave up 125, okay? The Blazers shot 23 of 39 from three-point range for 59% from three. There is an idea that you in circle. So, if somebody keeps hitting threes on you, what's your natural response as a fan? Your natural response is to be like, you got to cover them. Well, Okay, that means changing up your entire scheme. And that means you're probably going to have other problems. Um, but two, you don't really have the personnel with who you're missing. But two, the biggest thing is most of the statisticians will tell you the three-point variance is really out of your control. It's mostly about uh, who you give. Th- this has evolved a little bit. How many shots do you give and who you give them to? Now, Damian Lillard, because Dame is incredible, took 18 three-pointers in this game and hit 11 of them. They did not commit to the 2-1 ball strategy in this game. They did not do what they normally do versus the Blazers. They did not give them their fastball because they did not have the arm because all of their ligaments have fallen off. Um, Gary Trent Jr. went 7 of 10 as that kid continues to be Clay Thompson 2.0 in the bubble. Phenomenal shooting for the Blazers. They continue to shoot the absolute lights out. They're probably going to be the 8th seed and they're probably going to face the Lakers and they're probably going to get swept. But... uh they gave up, The Nuggets gave up 125. They hung in this game. They were there. They ran out of steam at the end of the game. Malone doesn't even put Jokic and Morris back in because, quite honestly, they don't need this game. I'll explain why in segment three about where they're at in the seating. But they can't on a back-to-back in a really in this under this restart circumstances, they can't push them they got to be at least a little bit considerate. Jokic is tired. He was checked out of this game. He was was gassed. Like, he just didn't have it. And Joker's a guy that usually gets up whenever he's got to be able to provide that. And it was surprising to see him be so passive. Um, You know, Nurkic had 22 points on 9 of 20 shooting, so 22 points on 20 shots. And everyone goes, oh, wow, 22 and 7. What an impactful. Okay. Well, you know. I don't necessarily think that's how that went, but Jokic was only a minus one, but he only had eight points on eight shots. He only took eight shots in this game. Wasn't dialed in. Got that win the other day, and that was it. He did have 13 assists because it's easier for Jokic when the defense is telling... If he's tired and the defense is like, we want you to pass, he's going to be like, cool, I'll pass. He's not going to fight in this situation, in this game. It's just not. The Nuggets didn't need this game. They didn't. The Thunder game, essentially. The Thunder and the Spurs games gave them the opportunity to be able to say this one they could pass off because it was a back-to-back and they're so short handed. They gotta get healthy. There's no word. Malone said on Thursday in the pregame availability that they haven't gotten worse, but they haven't gotten better. Essentially Harris, Murray, and Barton have plateaued and they're not improving. He really thought Murray was gonna play last game, and then I thought for sure he'd play this game. Still didn't. That's concerning. and just he can't get over this problem that he's having. Gary Harris, they finally reported, has hip soreness and that's bad anytime that anything if it's between Gary's sternum and his knees I get worried because that's where he gets hurt in the core area and in the hips that's where he has a lot of these injuries and those things are also really hard to get over in the course of a season like it's difficult to get past them they're painful it's awkward it affects you way more than a knee you can't just you can't just give it a shot and be like oh let's go it's not like an ankle you can't tape it it's not the same and so these injuries are painful and bothersome and not good um Barton seems to be really not feeling good and that's obviously a concern this does create some situations with what MPJ is doing and like look that's like the big takeaway here right is like MPJ looked awesome again and that's the most you really want to get out of this game it's like okay MPJ looked great for three games in a row this drastically changes how we evaluate them going forward in terms of MPJ's role um I thought Jeremy Grant played great, 7 of 11 from the field, 18 points. I thought he was good. Defensively, the Nuggets didn't like they didn't execute. Um I thought Mason Plumley again looks tired. I just it, Mason Plumley has a lot of defensive miscues normally because he has to have I think Mason would honestly be really good if he was in a high end defensive system. Like if he was the backup center in Utah, I think Mason looks great because it's a very simple system where the system is going to do a bu- the bulk of the work. He's just got to replicate Rudy Gobert, which he's not going to be as good as Rudy, but he knows he's, what his scheme is. With the Nuggets, he has to make a lot more coverage decisions, and I think that that wears on him, especially when he's tired, and he looks tired too, but he's younger than Paul Millsap, so guess what? Millsap gets the night off, and he doesn't. Um, was surprised that Noah Vonley got the DMP coach's decision, except for the fact that they did play Tyler Cook a little bit. Um, and they went big for most of the game, and obviously MPJ soaking up most of the minutes. A uh, lot oftentimes um, playing big, and MPJ Dozier getting a big run at the two guard spot as well. I thought Dozier played well too. Um, he, I really thought he played well in another game. Thirteen points on eleven shots, uh, four boards, three turnovers. You know, look, they only had sixteen turnovers, but the Blazers only had nine, and then they had more turnovers. If you have more turnovers, then you're going to lose. Um the Nuggets shot 52% from the field and 50% from 3, but the Blazers shot 47% from the field and 59% from 3, and they outscored them. The Blazers had 23 three-pointers to the Nuggets 14. If you're going to give them that many, you got to make as many, and that's just the reality. And you have to take as many. Like think about that. Like the Nuggets took five more threes than the Blazers made. You're never gonna win that math problem. You're never gonna win that equation. But again, I don't think they gave them their fastball here. I don't think they they put a lot at dame. They did not do this kind of stuff that they did in the playoffs. Like it wasn't necessarily CJ McCollum, who only had 13 points on fifteen shots. Like he wasn't the one that got them tonight. And they've shown in the past that they can contain Lillard. So I'm not I am not too upset about this loss in terms of evaluating the team. I wouldn't be upset if I was a Nuggets fan. I think that you should just kind of realize like they were tired. This is a weird situation. They probably, honestly, could have won this game. They were in position to win it late, and then Malone was just like, "I can't. I just can't go for it the whole way." So they gave the Blazers this one. They gave the Blazers the last one of the year, like they gave the Blazers the last one of the year last year, and in the playoffs. So you know, Portland gets to hold their head high as they continue to chase for the eighth seed and a chance to face the Lakers. Start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nila Badu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trend shaping our world. So check out Axios Today. When we come back, we're going to talk about MPJ. We will talk about Michael Porter Jr. and all my thoughts that I've been brewing about what their decision-making process has to be going forward. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back to Locked On Nuggets, segment two, here on a Friday, bringing you the word after the Nuggets lost to the Blazers, 125-115. Not a sad loss. I think it's a fine loss. I think it's okay. They were shorthanded. They were on a back-to-back. They could have won. They pretty much gave it to Portland. I like that. I like being like, eh, you're not worth it. I kind of like that. Let's talk about MPJ. So MPJ now has 25 or more points in the last three games. He's one of the leading scorers inside of the NBA restart. He's one of the leading rebounders inside the NBA restart. He has more rebounds per game than Steven Adams, I found today. That's insane. Uh, he showed more defensive prowess in this game than I think I've ever seen. TJ McBride and all of his discussions of tools was very much on point. I have to go back and do like a real deep dive to see... If his rotations were as good or if he was – sometimes live people will think like, wow, he played really good defense because he was caught off guard and put into a bad situation and trying to make up for a bad decision. I have to go back and watch all that. But look, I think it's been – I think the effort's been there. I think it's been good. I think the big question now is where do they go from here? If you pull Nuggets Nation, I don't think there's any question. Everybody wants him to start. He's the best player. He's more talented. And everyone believes the best players should start. Fans want the NBA to be a meritocracy and because they want the best chance at winning. Locker rooms are often constructed a little bit differently. It's not just about the personalities and the egos involved. It's about the money that they're paying players, and it's about what that means for a player's future. A player that gets benched for a rookie that's going to impact his free agency value in the future. If he is benched for a a rookie, it's unlikely he gets that job back. And if he does not get that job back, he goes from a starter and making starter money to a bench player making bench money. That has impacts down the line. And if you haven't noticed yet, you can think whatever you want about that. But if you haven't noticed, the Nuggets front office tends to be pretty sensitive about how they treat guys long-term and taking care of them and making sure that they don't wind up with bitter feelings about what happened in Denver. So... Let's look at the roster. Let's look at the starting lineups. Nikola Jokic is going to start. He's pretty good. Jamal Murray is going to start. MPJ can't play point guard, and and Jamal Murray is the best point guard on the roster. He's the best guard on the roster. So Jamal Murray is going to start, plus he's making max money. Paul Millsap is going to start. Okay, Um, There may be a time in the playoffs where I can see Grant starting if things go haywire. But even if you look at all the talent and everything else, uh, the reality is that the Nuggets defense only really has a chance if Gary Harris, or if Paul Millsap is on the floor. We'll get to Gary Harris in a little bit. Okay, so if Paul Millsap is on the floor, the defense could be good. If Paul Millsap is not on the floor, the Nuggets defense is pretty bad. So I expect Millsap to continue starting. Again, this may change. Like I can definitely see it in a Clipper series. I'm starting Grant with the way that they play, Kawhi Leonard at power forward. But for right now, let's go ahead and assume Millsap starts at the four. So that's three of the the five spots. So the only open starting spots are Gary Harris and Will Barton. Will tweeted the other night, guy let him off the leash. Like, talked about him, said he's phenomenal. He's a bucket, unbelievable player, 6'10". Will's had his back this whole season. Will has caped for him, has advocated for him. I think... I think Will is trying really hard to do the right thing by the team and wants to win, and no matter what that means, I think he's okay with it. The question is, do you start Michael Porter Jr. for Gary Harris, move Will Barton to the two, and then slide in MPJ at the three? Do you take Will Barton and put him on the bench and put MPJ in at the three and start... Murray, Harris, MPJ, Millsap, Jokic? Or do you go with the same starting lineup and go with those three uh, and then bring MPJ off the bench? There's the You can talk about the idea of benching Millsap and starting MPJ. I don't think you want to do that, one, for the defense, and then two, I don't think that you can get away with all those minutes at the – four spot with Jeremy Grant like even if you play Jeremy Grant as backup small forward it doesn't really work um somebody will get in a minutes crunch and you need all those guys to get minutes like that messes up your rotation so really the only two options are the only three options are bench Harris bench Barton or bench MPJ I go back and forth on this a lot um in part because like this is This is in part about how you look at how people treat the world and how you should treat employees slash players slash coworkers. Gary Harris is a big reason the Nuggets are here. He recruited Paul Millsap after he was shopped in a trade rumor. Uh, He was a big part of putting the Nuggets on the map and getting them to enough wins where Paul Millsap would agree to sign. Um, He... Has always been the guy that does the dirty work. He's an all-NBA, all defense level defender. Like he really is. That's how good he is. Will Barton is like the heart and soul of the team. He is he has put himself on the line so much and gone and taken so much grief from Nuggets fans. And been there and done made big plays through the years and been phenomenal. And to take those guys out when you're making this run is really rough. But MPJ has forced the hand and I don't think there's any way past it. I don't think there's any going back he's too good. He's too good like I it'd be one thing if these if the nuggets were getting blown out when he was on the floor I could make the argument I'd be like look he you know he scored 27 points but he was a minus 15 and that was the worst on the team They were plus 15 when he was not on the floor or whatever but that's not true like that's just not true. He's a plus player. He makes them better. It's clear Jokic likes playing with him, because Jokic likes playing with extremely talented players. There's a lot here. And I was okay with the idea of like taking time and then like the the whole timeline concept, but it's here. The kids made the leap. The kid's ready. He's not lost on offense anymore. He's not lost on defense anymore. Is he gonna have bad games? Yeah, and I'll say this like if they start him and he has bad games, there's gonna be a lot of like he, he's still razor thin here. Okay, if they pull Barton and they put him on the bench and MPJ goes out and has a game like he did in that first game versus the Heat, he's going back to the bench. That's You've you, you got to be great. You've got to be this good, but he's been that good. He's been that great. He is that important. He is the X factor. He is the one that's going to put him over. So on some level, I think he's got to start. I personally, as much as I have loved Gary Harris as a prospect, as a player, since he was in college, I loved him in Michigan State, I loved him when he was a rookie, and I I was the one talking to him and being like, how do you keep your head up when Brian Shaw was like burying him? I was thrilled for him when he got the opportunity and showed he could shoot because I was watching him in warm-ups drain threes over and over and over again. Uh. I think he's terrific. I think he's going to have a long, successful career in this league. I think you need to bench Gary Harris, put Will Barton at the three, and go, or at the two, put MBJ at the three, and that's how you do it. It's not perfect. You're having Monte Morris and Gary Harris play together, but the bench unit has been so bad, has been so terribly bad, and at least then you've got two guards that can shoot the three. You can play Tory Craig at backup small forward, um, Jeremy Grant at backup four. You've then got with Mason Plumley. Plumley again makes mistakes, but he is capable of being a plus defender. Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Torrey Craig that's a defensive unit. That team will at least be able to grind possessions down to the point where maybe they won't bleed so much. And in a playoff environment, being able to be like, okay. Will doesn't have it. We're bringing in Gary for a spark. I think that that works, you know, Um, whoever it is. And if you need to, it's like, okay, MPJ doesn't have it. We're getting run. Let's bring in Gary Harris and get a more veteran presence on the floor and go that way. I don't think benching Barton is the wrong move uh, in that if you put Barton on the bench, then the bench's offensive issues are then solved, right? Like you can just run. You can just run Barton, Jeremy Grant pick and rolls and really frustrate teams. You can really frustrate teams just running that combo. And Barton's offense will make up for the, for Terry Craig's deficiencies there. Like Will can get his own bucket. So then you have Monte Morris who can cut and get to the rim and play with Mason Plumley. You have Barton who can create his own offense. You have Terry Craig for defense and whatever spot up shooting he provides. And you have Jeremy Grant to fill in the gaps that works and if you want to swap it and put paul Millsap in the starting unit you can put paul Millsap on that bench unit um and all of those things still work i think that both of those things can work for denver to the degree that they can the playoffs anyway because the bench has been really rough but i would just stress for nuggets fans to understand how big of a deal it is to bench one of these guys that's a that's a big deal to both of these guys for their careers. They have aspirations for their careers. They're making a lot of money now. They're making a lot of money in the future. And if you want to say, yeah, but Gary hasn't earned it. Gary has been hurt. And that's, you can be mad at it, but that's not Gary's fault. It's just not. Will Barton's injury last year wasn't his fault. Guys get hurt in this game. MPJ's gotten hurt. He's been hurt for two years. He'll probably get hurt again if we're being real. Okay? These things will happen. Um, And that, I have a hard time punishing guys for that. But I also think that objectively, even healthy, MPJ is simply better than both of those players. I don't I, He is unbelievably talented. He has so much natural talent and ability, and honestly, he's so much more of a physical presence than I expected. So I think he's got to start and figuring out how is something that I do not try, I do not envy Michael Malone having to manage that situation, nor do I have absolute confidence that he will start. Going forward. We'll see what happens when the decision is, and we'll talk about it on lockdown nuggets, which we will continue after the break. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets, your team every day, part of Locked On Network. Follow us on Twitter at Net And this show at Locked On Nuggets. So let's talk about where the Nuggets are at right now. I went through all the seating scenarios and looked it all up uh, from top to bottom, all the way up and down, and took a long look at where they are. Denver is still in a really good spot because specifically of Houston's losses and Houston's loan loss and the fact that the Jazz have lost two already. Um, if you're curious, the magic number to avoid the Lakers, so I have, I've been posting these on Twitter, the best winning percentage that the Jazz, Thunder, and Rockets can get is 0. .653. Okay. The Nuggets have to get to 5 and 3 to clinch that. What that means is they need three more wins or any combination of three wins and losses by those three teams behind them. So if the Thunder Rockets, if the Thunder Rockets and Jazz all lose at least one more game and Denver wins goes 2 and 2 in their final four, then the nuggets clinch a top 4 seed. That's what it's going to take. That's a really good spot honestly. They just need to get healthy. Now, there's a lot of ways that this slips sideways. They do have tough games coming up. I don't know what the Lakers what the Clippers are going to do in terms of rotations. Um the Lakers very obviously are resting people. That's very that's very evident, right? So they are just clearly resting dudes. Um Utah on Saturday is a key battle. If Denver wins that one, I think their odds go up into like the 70% range of staying in the top three. Because you also have to consider there's a chance that the Clippers just start losing and maybe they slip to four, even if Houston keeps up their barrage. If the Nuggets are able to get to—if they get a win versus Utah and the Lakers, who are likely resting players on Monday— Not definitely. If they can just split. Let's take it that way. If they split Lakers-Clippers, which is doable. They've been competitive with both of those teams this year. Let's assume they're back to full health. They have MPJ now. If they beat Utah and they split Lakers-Clippers, that gets them there. Because then that would clinch over Utah, right, because of the three. That's two plus one. This is going to be like Clue. Two plus one plus one plus one. Um, Same deal with the Thunder where... You know, the Thunder have their remaining schedule is they play Memphis tomorrow, Washington, Phoenix, Miami, and the Clippers. They'll lose at least one of those remaining games. So if Denver again takes those, then they're there. And same deal with Houston. To a degree, Houston's probably the team that you're most worried about. Like they got this winner versus the Lakers because LeBron sat. They've got Sacramento, San Antonio, Indiana, and, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia without Ben Simmons. It's very possible that they are able to run the table. However, I think that they probably slip up because we saw them slip up versus Portland. They have letdown games, and they're probably going to rest one too. So I think it's very likely that Denver gets the three seed. Is it close? Absolutely. 100% it's close. Like, getting one of the Miami or Portland games would have been big for locking that away, but they just have been too injured. The team's right to be more concerned with getting healthy than winning these games— um i will say that if they have to go through the lakers i can't have any sort of real confidence or about their upside i also think that depends on who they play if they play houston in a four or five that's tough but i think houston i think if they slide to four it's going to be houston that passes them okay uh so that means that their first round opponent they get the thunder or jazz that's way better right like you'd rather face the thunder or jazz than the rockets and have to deal with james harden Right? After all the history of, of how much he, they've won versus Denver. So, you know, I think the it's not a bad idea. You've got to face the Lakers at some point. So it's not the worst of all scenarios, but it is pretty tough. Um, the game Saturday versus Utah. Utah is on a back-to-back, but they're resting all of their players Friday night to be ready for this game versus Denver. That's the one that they're circling. They're coming for Denver. Like, they're literally give it like they rested everybody mike conley rudy gobert donovan mitchell all of them i think even i think even ingles is out like everyone's resting versus san antonio because they want this game versus the nuggets so that's the big one if denver can win that game if denver shows up on saturday and wins that game i think they probably make the three seed if they lose I think that the four becomes a lot more of a coin flip proposition. So if you're like us, me and Adam, we're looking for the Nuggets to avoid the Lakers in the second round. That Saturday game is the one that you definitely, definitely want to catch. All right, that's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Make sure to tweet at us at Locked On Nuggets. Follow the show, rate, review, and subscribe. Those things you know are so important for your podcast. Help us out during these tough, tough times in the world. I hope you all are safe. I hope all of you are doing okay. I hope all of you are handling the stress in this world and I hope that you're enjoying having basketball back even on nights where the Nuggets lose to Yusuf Nurkic and the Blazers I'm Matt Moore we'll be back with another episode on Saturday night to recap that game until then thanks for joining me this has been Matt Moore for Locked On Nights